Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at houseplanthomebodyllc. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. This episode is another holiday classic, the amaryllis. This is not as widely wanted as a houseplant because it is a bulb, which becomes sometimes more difficult. But this episode is to try to help you get through that difficult time. And let me tell you, they're not as hard as you think. These are very short-lived flowers, but they have beautiful striking patterns on the flowers sometimes. Usually you're going to see them with red or a variety of red or pattern of red on the flowers and the flowers get huge between around six to ten inches is what I saw on a couple of websites. So that's amazing. They make a huge impact even though they are short-lived. I'm going to go over the super general care of this plant as a house plant and then I will go into a little bit more of the bulb care facts and then I'll go into the other facts as normal. So the botanical name for this is hippiastrum, but it does depend on the variety what it ends up being. There is some controversy of which plant is which and we'll get into that in the other facts later, but hippiastrum is what the botanical name is for this plant. I'm not even going to get into varieties specifically because there are hundreds of thousands of different varieties. These have been hybridized and cultivated for hundreds of years now, but my time working in the garden center, we really didn't purchase them based on variety. We only purchased them really by color and what we wanted to see either we used to give them away. I think the managers used to give them away to employees. So usually they're whites, pinks, reds, and then peach sometimes you'll see as well. Sometimes, rarely, there will be more of a yellowish tinted white, but you're really going to find them in reds and whites and pinks for the most part. The bright red, just plain bright red, and then there's a combination of red and white that is the most commonly found. Sun requirements for these, there are two different levels to this, basically. When it's not in bloom, you can move it to a dark place. I'll put it that way. When it starts to leaf and bloom, you want to move it to the brightest possible spot in the house. And this really depends on the kind of care you're going to give it. And I'll get into that more. That's a super general way of talking about it, and I'll just dive into it later. But then the next thing to talk about that I usually do is water requirements. In general, these like medium moisture, but again, because it's a bulb, sometimes you'll need to decrease that and keep them actually dry, which I'll go over that in a second. Fertilizer, I do not own this plant. My mother-in-law actually does. She fertilizes it 
rarely. Usually if it's around the time it's blooming, she'll fertilize it, um, but not very often. So I looked up a couple sources. I have the Complete Houseplant Survival Manual, which says feed with a balanced all-purpose plant food every 10 days. And then the University of Minnesota Extension had a really thorough kind of layout of how you should be taking care of it. And they kind of had three different things they wanted to say. So fertilize amaryllis each time you water at half the recommended strength when new growth is visible, meaning the leaves. To promote blooming, use a houseplant fertilizer with a high phosphorus content. After it flowers, continue to water and fertilize the plant regularly with an all-purpose houseplant fertilizer. That's the part that gets tricky because that really depends on how you want to take care of this bulb. So again, the fertilizing MO for the amaryllis is really similar to all the other houseplants that we talk about for the most part. And as I always say, it's really up to you. If you don't want to be using fertilizer, you don't have to. Will it help it bloom? Absolutely. So would I recommend it? Yes. The time and the amount you do really depends on your fertilizer and your environment and your schedule and everything. So that part is up to you. Propagation can happen. It might take years. So basically there are some younger bulbs that will grow off of that initial amaryllis bulb that you see in the middle that houses all the leaves and the flower. And you can pull off the younger bulbs that are kind of growing off the side of it and propagate those into new amaryllis. Now, those will take years to form, and it will take another several years to become mature enough to have that big flower size that you expect an amaryllis to have. So, that is super general information, and I just want to throw all of that out there because I want to go into detail now, but that's kind of the very, very, very general list of care that an amaryllis needs. So, I'm going to get into really the bulb growth tips at this point now. So the difference between this bulb and some other bulbs that you might want to grow inside your home is amaryllis don't need a rest or dormancy period in order to keep blooming. Should be added to the end of that. Will it help the bloom and determine what time of year it blooms? Absolutely. Will the blooms be almost a for sure thing if it's a rest period? I don't know. I don't have experience with that. And the websites that I looked at and the sources that I looked through, it varied whether or not they recommended the dormancy period or not. Totally up to you. If you're experimenting, try it both ways. If you decide to give your amaryllis a rest period, it's actually very, very similar to a caladium rest period if, or an elephant ear rest period that is a bulb as well. Basically, after your amaryllis blooms, you want to allow the leaves to die back to a yellow or almost brown leaf before you cut them off because just like the bulbs out in your yard, you want to make sure that energy from those leaves goes back into the bulb and gets restored and stored in there. Once that happens, you can cut down the leaves Place that container, if you have it potted, place that in a cooler, darker space for about 8 to 12 weeks with no water. In that time, the plant will be kind of restoring itself, using the energy it saved from the foliage, and kind of push back out new leaves. You might see new leaves and you might not between that 8 to 12 week period. Either way, after that time has passed, bring it back out into really bright light, direct sunlight if possible and keep watering and fertilizing like you normally would. Eventually, it might take weeks, but it 
eventually you'll start to see the stalks form and the flowers should form. Those flowers will probably last about six to eight weeks. I saw on one of the sources I used that they recommended when it starts to flower, putting it in not such a bright place. That way the flowers last a little bit longer. It's the same concept with when you're putting mums outside. If you keep them in a less bright area, they'll last longer. Those flowers are, like I said earlier, are going to reach between 6 to 10 inches wide, which is insane. They are huge. It looks like it should be so top-heavy, and it always stands up high. It's insane. Sometimes the stalk on my mother-in-law's flower will be like almost three feet tall with these giant 10-inch flowers at the top. And she has like one or two stalks usually when it flowers, and there's a few couple flowers on it typically. Depends on the variety. Some flowers also have double petals, so a lot more petals. I don't even know how to describe that. Just a lot more petals than like a normal ring of petals. Oh my god, I've said petals 10 times. You can play a drinking game with that. Okay, and when you are planting it, whether it came planted or not, if you're buying just the bulb, you want to place it in well-draining soil. And then you also want to leave that bulb up at least a third of the way above the soil line. I saw between a third and half. I mean, to be safe, I would do half because they need a lot more oxygen than your normal houseplant and the bulbs need to be out of the soil. So that's kind of the bulb growth tips that I have. I know that's a lot to go off of, but it's very similar to caladium except the rest period is typically shorter and can be repeated, it seems like. Whereas caladium are like, okay, winter rest period, they go from spring to fall and then they finally die back. And then you have the eight to 12 weeks of rest versus these can kind of repeat that pattern. So I hope that helps. The next area we're going to talk about is just the, a couple other random facts that I have. So, University of Wisconsin-Madison kind of explained something the best way possible. As I was doing research, I noticed there was a lot of controversy on what this plant was actually called or natively from. So, I'm just going to quote them. It says, the plant we commonly call amaryllis is a South American native to the genus Hippiastrum, while the true amaryllis or belladonna lilies are from South Africa. Both, however, are from the amaryllis family. The genus Hippiastrum is native primarily to tropical and subtropical regions in two main areas of eastern Brazil and central southern Andes. In parentheses, they have Peru, Bolivia, and Argentina, but some species occur as far south as Mexico and West Indies. So I wanted to just quote them because obviously I know nothing about the history of amaryllis, but that's why I'm doing this research so I can learn with you guys. And it was really interesting to hear that there are actually two different varieties of what you're seeing. The one that's being cultivated is going to be the Hippiastrum amaryllis, but it's not technically the truly native amaryllis. So I thought that was interesting to hear because I didn't know that. When you buy an amaryllis in a store, in a garden center, anywhere, you can actually buy them in basically three different ways. So obviously you can buy them by the bulb, just the bulb itself, like you're buying bulbs for your yard in fall or spring. You can buy it already planted. Typically in this case, you'll just see a small little pot with a bulb sticking out and that's your amaryllis. Sometimes you'll even see them like boxed 
like already ready as like a gift. It's actually pretty cool. And then sometimes they're already blooming, barely, because that doesn't last very long. But you usually see the bulb with the leaves start to form. And that's how you're usually buying them is one of those ways. If you're buying the bulb by itself, when you bring it home, just make sure you're using that well-draining soil when planting it and keeping it at least a third of the way above that soil line. My other last fact about these is that they are toxic to pets and humans. Again, podcast episode 31 was all about that if you need to find more information there. But yeah, overall amaryllis, I consider it a medium to high maintenance plant, I would say, simply because it requires change so often. You know, if you compare it to an easy house plant like a Monstera, for example, those don't really require a lot of change. You don't need to move those around. You might need to reduce watering and fertilizer a little bit, but that's about it. Versus these, in order to get them to keep blooming to their most potential, it seems like putting them in that darker, cooler space is kind of necessary. I did do that with the Caladium last winter, and it did work great. They came back fine I mean, knowing me and Elephant Ear and my luck, they all had spider mites, so that didn't work out very well. But they did come back, they did leaf, and they were really full. They all came back, so that was great. So my goal is to buy one of these this winter and see how it goes throughout the summer and then into next winter, and then maybe I can give you an update. When I asked my mother-in-law about this plant, that because she has an amaryllis, obviously, and I asked her when it often blooms or not, because we've been living with her for about two years now, so I don't know the full cycle of it, but it has bloomed one time since I've been here, and then last winter it didn't. And I asked her kind of what it does, and she said it's very sporadic when it blooms. She does not put it into dormancy at all, so she leaves it in front of an east window, and it's moved around because I have so many houseplants, but mostly it's been sitting in front of the east window. And last year it didn't push up any flowers, but it did push up leaves and then it just didn't flower. So maybe when all those other resources do recommend placing it in dormancy, it just consistently allows you to let that plant bloom more often. And maybe it's just consistency and that's why people like to do the dormancy. And I'm guessing that's why and that's why people recommend putting it through that dormancy period. So that way you do potentially get that bloom when you want it to. But if you don't want to go through that hassle, you don't have to. Obviously, my mother-in-law's plant's thriving. It's doing fine. Currently, it looks like there's not any leaves coming up yet. But last time it bloomed about two years ago now, I guess. Well, no. Maybe about a year ago. No. Two years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, about two years ago. It pushed up the flowers more at the end of January or February. So it wasn't right around the holiday time, but it was just slightly after. So maybe it's just a late bloomer again this year. We'll have to see. But that's just proof you don't need to put it through the dormancy periods to get it to bloom still. It could be a little bit more sporadic doing that, but you don't need to. That's all I got for this one. It was a short episode, but I hope I helped you learn a little bit more about amaryllis before the holiday comes along. Thanks for listening to episode 49 of Houseplant Homebody, all about the amaryllis. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode if you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast 
along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plan experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Well, hello. Sorry, this is such a short episode, guys. I honestly expected it to be a lot longer, but I think I just ran through those first requirements and tried to get to that bulb growth tips faster because I felt like that had more information in it that could be helpful. But anyway, hope you're all doing well. Hope you have a great holiday and continue to have a great holiday. I'll be visiting family and this episode will come out obviously on Tuesday the 21st and I have a short work week a few weeks in a row which is great. Um, I don't know if you noticed on social media, I finally posted my new logo, so that is out, which is awesome. And I am still working with the graphic designer. Um, I'm hoping I can have her design a few stickers at least to get up online, um, but we'll see. I'll probably keep working with her in the future. I know I've talked with you guys about merchandise for Houseplant Homebody several times on here on the back of these podcast episodes. And for those of you that stay on, you get a real good tidbit of what else is coming in the future but um, I would love to have other merchandise as well or just plant things but um, time and money sometimes is against me. So stickers are pretty pretty doable though and that's something that everybody loves. I have them covering my laptop constantly so I think I'm excited to see what Katie comes up with my graphic designer and I'm excited to share it with you guys. Other than that hope you guys have a good holiday The next episode is going to be about my favorite plant since it's going to be episode 50. One of my favorites, I should say. It's like choosing children. Who's your favorite? Just doesn't exist. But one of my favorites is asparagus fern. And I know I've talked about this all the time on Instagram stories and Facebook stories. So I'm excited to actually dive into it with everyone. So episode 50 will be about asparagus fern. Please let me know if you have any questions about it. Um, The last couple episodes, no one's had any questions, which is probably fine because not as many people have these holiday plants, but that would be your time to buy them and experiment with them if you want to do. So asparagus fern, really easy plant in my opinion. So that will be a good episode. Let me know if you have any questions. Have a great holiday. Have a great Christmas and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.